This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to discuss finally a new confirmed roster in the Seattle surge and a couple more rumors have finally come out about some of those teams we've been waiting on. Uh, we're still waiting on new LAG. Then we're going to talk about some challenges rosters, uh, some news around the Microsoft and Activision acquisition. Talk about the beta because Brock and I were finally able to actually play it for ourselves and then finish up with a little bit of Halo talk. A uh, sad day for the COD community, but technically not because a, a former COD pro did win it all. So going to get into all of that. If you guys enjoy this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop that follow, drop that five star review. We appreciate your support over there. And without further ado, let's jump into this one. Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. Good old Monday. You know, not the coldest day out here. You know, it's serviceable. <laughs> but yeah, overall, you know, played played play a little bit of beta this weekend. You know, some good. You know, positive about it. Positive about the new game coming out. Yeah, I would say the general consensus from the community, especially the competitive community, and us, and at least me, is overall positive there's never going to be 100 percent positive um and i don't think there could ever be 100 percent negative but um never going to be 100 percent positive it's pretty much impossible there's never been a perfect call of duty game and there's really probably never been a perfect video game ever made uh there's some ones that come close and maybe are perfect in some people's eyes but you're always going to have things to complain about but i would say in comparison to recent call of duty titles and especially betas I came out after watching and after playing probably the most positive I've ever felt on it. Yep. In quite some time, I should say. Yeah, quite some time. I would have to agree with that. Um, And we'll talk more about the beta a little bit later on. I want to talk about some more CDL-specific relevant stuff first because we finally have another confirmed roster um, as well as a little bit of a rumor for the Carolina roster, the Royal Ravens. It sounds weird to say Carolina. Uh, and then another rumored roster for Vegas, still waiting on LHG, like I said in the intro. Um, and then we do mm-hmm. have some challenges roster. So we're going to discuss all that, then jump into the beta. First thing, Surge announced their roster of Arcides, Abuza, Hook, and Illy, a roster we had heard a rumor about, I mean, months back, a ways back, and it seems like it did stick as they just announced it. Um, thoughts on this roster? We'll talk about what RCD's tweeted here in a second, but overall, when you see this roster, have your thoughts changed from a few months ago, or what are you thinking? Um, no, my thoughts really haven't changed, but I just want to say, like, you know, when they're not, when they're, you know, not hitting on all cylinders, they're going to be, you know, down pretty bad, I would say, because you know, RCD's, Yuke, Ilya are all, like, streaky players. Yeah, and, like, once again, the whole 3AR thing, they're trying to be Florida mm-hmm. from, uh, what was it, Vanguard? Yeah, when they had Dave yep. Patty and Skies and Awakening trying to have three ARs on their roster. Um, so when we initially heard this roster, what we I mean, we didn't know who was technically gonna run the second sub. Obviously, we know who's gonna run one. Uh, and we thought it would likely be um Abuza because they were gonna see his talent, even though he was a god tier AR. Not saying I agree with it, but we thought maybe because of his immense talent and being a young player, they would maybe try to convert him into being a sub. 
Um, and then maybe Illy, because we like saw Empire maybe thought to do that in Cold War when they thought they were getting Clay back. And Illy has been talked about to be moved to a full-time sub at times, so we thought it would be one of them. Um, especially because RCDs in the past had played like a flex and even had to play a sub a little bit and always said he doesn't want that. He just wants to be a main AR. That's why he left Huntsman to go to phase back mm-hmm. in the day. He just always wanted to be a main, so we figured he was going to stay as the main. However, um, RCDs tweeted today, and he could have been trolling, but he tweeted hashtag flexities. Uh, mm-hmm. in his tweet. So obviously it could be 100% trolling, but if he is uh, telling the truth and he's actually like considered the flex in this team, to me that means that Abuza was, is going to be the main AR. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because I would think that like if Illy was going to run an AR mostly full-time, they would consider him the flex. Mm-hmm. And then they would consider RCs the main, but if, if RCs is actually going to be the flex, I would think that that means that Illy is going to be the full-time sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that'd be a little, little weird, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I the first thing I think is like Abuza obviously is a, a top-tier AR, but based on the talent we've heard he had, it sounds like his slaying upside even on a sub would be higher than Illy, mm-hmm. just based on what we've heard. So it's a little curious to me because Pook, as we know, his his highs are very high. Like he he could be a top-tier SMG. When he's clicking, as we saw even in this past title, at times he was a top tier SMG. Um, but also his lows can be very low. And we know Illy's slaying ceiling isn't super high. Illy doesn't tend to have super pop off games. He's good and he could definitely shoot. He's not like he can't shoot back, but he's not like a super high, high level slayer. So um, could be a bit worrying there, especially because Arcides in the past few titles hasn't been a super high level slayer either. So there might mm-hmm. be a lot of pressure on Abuza to do so. Yeah, Boo's gonna be like that scrappy, it seems like from from last year's Toronto team. Yeah, just super aggressive to try to pick up a lot of kills, maybe. Just like one point two, one point two after one point twos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um that makes sense. I just I'm a little bit curious as to who's gonna run the sub because like I don't hate the idea of Illy running it. Um, uh, but I don't think there's gonna be any player on this team that i'm like yeah let's have him run it because like i do think the person with the highest ceiling on it is abuza when we're obviously leaving hook out of it of the other three players yep i think the highest ceiling of any player in the sub is abuza because uh i just don't think our cities would have a very high ceiling on it and i don't think Illy does either um and abuza is the only one we haven't really ever seen run it at all and we know his ceiling is super high they picked him up to be the superstar of this team so i guess in a way I can see the argument to make it him because he probably has the highest ceiling and the most like untapped potential there. But also at the same time, I I fully agree with people that are like, you know, you picked him up because he was the best AR in Challengers, so maybe you should use him as an AR. I completely get that logic too. Yeah, but I would like the surge to see. Let's just try try him out on a on a sub as well. If you know Ailey's struggling, yeah, and you're gonna have what at least probably a month of. Uh, the game being out and being able to scrim and play eights and everything well you figure it out you don't have to lock yourself into one and be like illy's running the sub and then if it's not working at all you don't you're not just stuck uh with illy running Mm -hmm. the sub you can definitely switch things around yep just just very curious that they don't have a clear two subs and two ars interesting but i do i do think there's a lot of talent on this team i just don't know if they, they mesh well because i do think once again i think all four of these players individually 
could be on a winning team. Like I think a team could win with Hook. I think a team could win with Illy and Arsides. And based on the talent we've heard of Abuza, I think a team could win with him. Yep. Um, we've seen all these players win, obviously, apart from Abuza. Uh, we've seen Hook, Illy, and Arsides all win uh, not only tournaments, but they've all won at least one world championship as well. So we know these players can win. It's just, can this mix win? A little unsure on that. Yeah. Good players, but you know, the mesh might not be there. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. If one of those players can come out and be a really good sub, I think this team could be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next rumored roster, and there's a little bit of an asterisk on this one, maybe, but uh, the rumor from Jacob Hale and what some other people were saying they heard was Clayster is apparently headed to the Carolina Royal Ravens. Uh, Jacob Hale did say the rumor right now is Clay, Fame, Nero, and then one more, and they didn't really specify who that one more could be. However, Clay did tweet out a, a gif of Dwight from the office saying false. Uh, mm-hmm. after this rumor came out or so technically you could be baiting on the timeline and like saying false or something else. Uh, but it does seem like since it came out right after that rumor, it seems like he is denying that rumor, but let's say that is true thoughts on that trio plus one, assuming they'd be picking up a flex because, uh, I would think fame and Nero were going to be the subs. Um, I don't hate it. No, yeah. I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate it, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of fame, I guess, from what I saw. You know, he yeah. did get put onto like three different positions. Yeah, he, he got from a tough spot. <laughs> yeah. I will say, being that fame was a college COD player, I watched him a good amount and he was disgusting in college COD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also when we saw him play challengers, like at the Minnesota event and everything, he was disgusting at that event and he was a high level slayer. So, I do think there's a world where maybe his situation just wasn't great. He got thrown off because he had to go to an AR and switch roles and stuff on his team. So that could be the case. So like, I will agree. I'm not incredibly high on fame, but I do think he maybe got an unfair shake a little bit last year in the league. I think he got put yeah. in kind of positions to fail. Yeah. And it also could be the game as well. It could be better, you know, faster pace movement games. Yeah. It seemed like he was disgusting at Vanguard, which I would say that this, this game, uh, well, the time to kill is obviously very different. There's gonna be a lot of different things. The, the movement and speed of this game feels like it will be maybe a little bit more similar to a Vanguard. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but you know, I guess we'll see who they pick up as a fourth. Yeah. And uh, I mean, according to clay, this could be not true at all. Maybe he's not even going to Carolina. Maybe he's actually at LAG since they have no rumor, uh, or maybe he is on Carolina, but he's not bringing fame and Nero with, uh, mm-hmm. I will say I do really like the Nero pickup though. Like if, if that was the case, I'm, on the fence about fame, but I'm all in on Nero for these last few rosters. I think he is a for the subs that are left. I mean, you're picking from the absolute scraps now because, um, you know, you're, you're down to the the last few rosters. So a lot of players are picked up. I, I will say Nero, I think, has an incredibly high ceiling for being one of the last subs in the market. I, I think he does have mm-hmm. a ceiling to be uh, a top tier SMG, maybe not like the best, but I think he could be like. I think he could be a contributing SMG on like a top four team in the right scenario. I think he's a really good player. Really good at yep. SMD too. I agree as you know. Didn't get the best uh, fair shot on Boston last year after he got benched. And once again, I, I think you'll agree with this, but when it comes down to these teams, like when you're Carolina or you're LAG or you're Vegas and you're picking up from like nine teams that are already formed and you're picking up one of the last teams... Let's be honest, you're not going to pick up a team unless something crazy happens. You're likely not picking up a team that's going to dominate and respawn. Mm-hmm. So getting a player like Nero uh, and Clay, who has led very good search teams, 
that isn't a bad move to make because a lot of times, like we saw with Vegas last year, the way that they were able to be uh, in contention for making champs was because they were just always a great search team. And you knew they were always going to have a chance in any series because if it got to a map five, they were very good at search and they could win those. And you always trusted them in map two. So it was like, man, if they can just take a map one or a map three, they're looking good because they're probably up to one because they're probably winning map two. So yeah, picking up good search players for these bottom teams is important. Yep, I would definitely agree. Uh, so I guess with Clay's tweet, we'll have to see what actually comes out of this. I, I still feel like he could be making a team on LAG just with potential money they have and everything. I feel like he could be building a roster uh, over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Let's we'll um, wait and see. Yeah. Clay's former team, however, there's a rumored roster on that. We don't technically know if this one's true, but this is a full roster, so we can discuss it. Um, it is rumored to be Attach, Standy, Mac, and Purge. So I don't know much about Purge at all. Mm, I've heard I've, the name. I've heard he's a really good SND player. Yeah, I'm gonna look him up a little bit in his like Cody Sports Wiki because I I've heard of him. So team history he was on a Wobble Bobs in that Millennium Seven team for seven days. Wow, nice. Uh, and then he was on Omit, <laughs> which who was that? They joined together: Gwyn, Phantoms, Purge, and Yees. And then obviously Purge left in. In June, um, mm-hmm. trying to see like in MW two, he. I that's right. That's why. We, that's how we know it. He was on the team that uh, won it, right? That won it. Yeah, yeah. You're right. He was with the Yeez Goderex Gwyn. I knew the name sounded familiar, but duh, I should have known that. He was on the team that won Challengers Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do remember him a little bit. He was a pretty good player from what I remember. But I believe he was a flex, right? I think. Yeah, I think he was a flex. Because it makes sense, because this roster, I would assume Goderex, obviously the main, then Yees and Gwyn are subs. So yep. that would make sense, too, because uh, I, I would assume on this team that Mac and Standy are going to be your, your sub duo and Attach is going to be the main. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Purge and Attach would be your AR duo. Um, I don't hate this roster. Once again, you're never going to just absolutely love the roster. Uh, yeah, Challengers Finals, he had a 1.21. Okay, uh, no, nope. I lied. Nope. He had a 1.06, but his S and D KD was 1.21. Okay, yeah, but still 1.06. It's still pretty good with a, a high volume of of matches. He, he played 19 maps, so pretty solid there. Um, and overall, good placings. He had a couple struggles, but overall, in MW2, had a lot of like at least top 12s and a few firsts mixed in there and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like you Oops. said, I don't don't hate the roster. This roster just feels like S and D, you know, Nezlo type. Yeah, <laughs> which once again, when you're one of these bottom teams, it's probably your formula to win is going to be beat an elite S and D team and find ways to to win respawns. Mm-hmm. I want to bounce back here from Mac. How about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do think that like. I will say because I do think Mac has a lot of talent in him. I do think this team, I like this team for what's left. Like, obviously, if like if I'm comparing it to a lot of the rest of the teams, I like the other teams more. But once again, for one of these final teams, I see the potential. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the Vegas team from last year where like you have a consistent veteran main AR who's a good leadership presence attaching Clay, you know, kind of compare them. Standy stays the same, a high upside slayer at sub. Um, then their other sub always last year was always somebody that was you know, a little bit inconsistent. TJ, Mac, they kind of can fit that same build. But I will say, 
I think Mac could be a little bit more consistently bringing it in the slaying department compared to Tej. Uh, yeah. Not saying he will, but I think he has potential maybe to be a little more consistent. And then Purge could be your X factor. Like you're picking him up to potentially be a, a heavier slayer like Temp. So I see the vision. I think they could be good at S and D, like you said. And I do think with guys like Standy and Mac and even Purge and Attach, like they have the ability that if they heat up, they that that team could could steal some respawns. You'd you'd be surprised because these players could shoot back. Mm-hmm. on the right day you never know yeah so like once again compared to like the top rosters are they like as good as them absolutely not but i don't hate it yep i would agree with that all right uh and then the last note i have here on the rumor teams nothing on lag still somehow uh we have they're nothing probably, on lag they probably announce it like day before the game comes out or something yeah so Kind of kind of dumb there, but it is shocking that we have a rumored roster for uh, the Legion before uh, LAG, because usually Legion are always the last team. You know, they're coming different this year. And they're, they're going to be the 11th <laughs> team announced instead of 12th. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of London and kind of some of those guys, uh, Challengers got a couple of rumored rosters. There was like a plenty of EU and plenty of NA, but a lot of them were like, chalked full of challengers players which like as you guys know brock and i know a lot of the names and know some of the challenger players but don't know enough to like actually provide a a valuable conversation on like the pure players that have only been in challengers ever we -hmm. don't have enough info on them to really provide a a meaningful conversation as much as we'd like to so not going to talk as much about those but going to talk about some of the rosters uh kind of full of of former pros um so apparently hixie bants beans and nasty are forming a challengers roster, which this one is significant and interesting because um, all four of them were in the CDL last year. Yep. In all, like in their own right, didn't have the worst years. Like Hixie obviously had a, a pretty good year, won an event and also finished second at champs. Uh, Bance, you know, individually, he towards the end of the year, he did have flashes and he looked pretty good himself, but his team didn't have the best year, but he wasn't like absolutely horrible. Definitely not a great year by any means though. Um, Beans, you know, people will argue whether or not he had a good year. KD, in numbers-wise, he looked okay. At times, he flashed, but his team struggled. Um, and then Nasty, a lot of people would argue, was the best player of that London team. Granted, once again, that team had almost no success. So, like, there are somewhat reasons why all these guys, you know, aren't in the league. But it is a little bit odd. You know, it's it's not a common thing to see four players who were all uh, mainstay pros in the last game who were in, in the pro league for a majority of the year all be on a challenges roster. Yeah. Not it is count. a pretty yeah. It is a pretty good uh challenger team though. <laughs> yeah. Uh interesting because like if this team was in the pro league I'd instantly say slaying is a concern for me. Um yeah. because a Bance Hixie sub duo is, is certainly um lower end in the slaying department, but with the way that these people will probably work as a team in challengers, they probably will be very good. Yeah. Because that teamwork, I feel like in challenges when people are so unorganized, that teamwork can really win you games. Whereas, um, you know, if this team were to go up against like a phase with that talent, I, I think it would just be a, just a pure outclass of talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're in challenges. So, you know. Yeah. So Elevate around. Playing, uh, <laughs> yeah, not going to be playing Simpa Beezy in challenges, that's for sure. Yeah. Will not be. Unless, you know, some new up-and-coming challenger players are the next Simpa Beezy. Yeah. Uh, one other note from the EU rosters I want to touch on is I saw Real on one of the rosters, which seemed very odd and was very interesting to me because unless I'm completely wrong and I could be completely wrong, I thought he was a Spanish player. I thought he was from Spain. 
it just seems a little bit odd to me that he doesn't even make the 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 heretics roster as like a substitute because from everything we heard when he like came over to play na challengers and stuff everybody had talked about him like this immense talent it seemed like people that were playing eights with him uh were calling him like this immense talent that like oh yeah he's gonna be in the league doug was gassing him up it just it just seems odd that he's back in challengers again with a spanish team in the league mm-hmm. with an all spanish roster yeah seems so uh, weird that he's back in challengers it does seem a little odd was was he part of the the five that they chose? I can't remember. No, that's why I thought I was saying I thought it was kind of weird. Because oh, uh, yeah. he's not at all involved with the Heretics organization. Yeah. And being that I, I believe, unless I'm completely wrong, I thought he was a Spanish player. So it just seems a little bit weird that he won't be included because they have you know their roster already set with the five and one of them will obviously end up being a substitute player. But mm-hmm. it seems weird that he's not even included at all. Yeah, as a substitute, he was always viewed as like one of those young, up and coming Spanish players. Yep, maybe there's some uh, some beef with the other players potentially. And one, uh, and I could be wrong. He, I want to say he actually might have played in Latin American challengers. Uh no, am I thinking of somebody else? I can't remember. I know he's uh, like a native Spanish speaker, but I can't remember I, if he was from Spain. Um. Or if it was, he was from like the Latin America challengers, like maybe from somewhere in uh, South America and spoke Spanish. I can't remember. I try to. But he, he's the one that was on the Minnesota uh, Rockers. Correct. Yeah. Um, country of birth, Spain. Okay, so he is from Spain. Um, I was right on that. And he's 19 years old. And from what we heard, people always said he was so talented. He was in the Rocker Academy. So mm-hmm. like, it just seems weird. 19 year old. Uh, People say he's very talented and he's from Spain. Seems like he'd be a very good candidate uh, for for that team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know what the deals there, I guess. Yeah, looking through, I, I remember this from last year, though, like Rocker Academy didn't have the best placements overall, but like in Vanguard, dude won a lot of, a lot of tournaments in Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, interesting there. That Real doesn't make the roster at all, but something to note, maybe a guy to keep on the radar if heretics are struggling. Uh, they obviously wanted to build a full Spanish roster, and um, with Real sitting out there in challengers, could definitely be an early candidate if they struggle. Yep. Um, an NA roster I want to touch on. Interesting one here. Temp apparently is currently, uh, currently on a challengers team with Neptune, Goddorex, and Gwyn. That roster seems disgusting. A little good for challengers, I feel like. Uh, yeah, because Goddorex obviously coming off a a champs a challengers champs win as well as Gwyn, and we know people say Gwyn is one of the best subs in challengers. Um, people consider Goddorex one of, if not the best AR in challengers. Seems mm-hmm. like Neptune um, struggles in the league a little bit, but seems to always have success in challengers. And then Temp is a, is a very good player. Yep, just crazy that Temp doesn't get on a team. Hmm. Seems a little weird, right? Like surprised. Maybe Vegas didn't keep him, but once again, after how many years of Temp in Vegas, maybe they were done, or he's just like, I'm not signing back there. Yeah. Uh, he could maybe still get on the Carolina roster. I wouldn't be shocked if, like, since if that roster of that three would be true, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked if Clay brought Donnie along. Yeah. His AR duo, and also LAG with not having a roster yet. Maybe Temp could get on that roster, but it does seem a little bit weird. Um, after Temp has had a, a, some pretty good individual years, and people say he is growing as a teammate, it does seem a little bit odd that he maybe is not on a roster to start the season. Yeah. 
So let's hope hopefully get Temp gets on a team or sometime soon gets in the back in the league. Yeah, that makes sense. Um all right. Moving on from the the roster rumors, uh, Adam Apicella was tweeting this weekend uh, that he wants to be involved with uh, an MLG resurrection under Microsoft uh, because MLG was owned by Activision Blizzard. It was one of like the the companies or like things they own the rights to. So now with um, Microsoft acquiring MLG or not MLG, well, technically yes, but with Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, they now own the rights to the MLG brand. So Adam Apicella was saying that he wanted to resurrect it. And he was like suggesting to them, uh, to Phil Spencer, the CEO of Microsoft that he's operated many of the titles they now own, such as overwatch, COD, halo, et cetera. So maybe MLG making a return. We can, we can only hope so. Yes, we can. You know, he knows what to do. You know, it's what, you know, how to do it. At a very good high level. (laughs) Yeah. And he did it. Obviously, for a long time with um, with MLG, one of the OGs of the scene, he tweeted at him, uh, "Congrats on the acquisition. Um, Activision Blizzard, <laughs> Activision Blizzard is a perfect fit. Uh, I miss the massive move you, you made. You also gained a small but mighty asset called MLG. More than mm-hmm. ever, that brand is needed in today's uh, rudderless esports world. Would love to be involved in that resurrection." Um, then went on to tell him what games he's worked on. He said, "You could change the entire industry by leveraging your own library of games." And those of your partnered publishers, I'd love a crack at building the greatest consumer marketing series in the planet, leveraging the best esports brand ever created. Um, I could get on board with MLG being called the best esports brand ever created. I mean, some of those tournaments back in the day, incredible. Really? If they were thrown now, I can't even imagine the numbers they could do. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I would absolutely love to go to a COD Champs where Halo was on the side and uh, Overwatch was being played on the side. I would love to attend that. So I hope that would um, be so cool. I hope MLG is revived and uh, we get to see these old school style pro leagues because like the Black Ops 4 Pro League, Black Ops 3 Pro League, AW, all those years um, with the 32 team champs, it was just infinitely better uh, Mm -hmm. than what we currently have. Yep, it really was. Don't get me wrong, uh, I still create a podcast involving the CDL. I still really enjoy it, but for those of you that didn't experience it, I'm sorry for you if you're a big um cdl fan uh even if you love the cdl now it's it's hard to imagine maybe but uh, it was much better before the cdl even the cwl Mm. was a time to be alive if you're a competitive cod fan yep oh man just thinking about that (laughs) yeah it was a incredible time getting home from school back in the day and watching the black ops 3 league matches or even even like the the world war 2 league matches when they started playing them on land and stuff yeah very fun to watch come up from school like black ops 3 like you said like four League matches go to like seven, eight. So much fun to watch. Yeah, uh, an incredible game nonetheless. So it'd be awesome to see that brought back. Would love to um, support Adam Apicella and trying to get him to to get that um, right to build MLG back up to what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also kind of involving Activision. Bobby Kotick is apparently out as the CEO at the end of the year. I didn't read too much on this, but. Um, and I don't know much about the situation from what I heard, though. Everybody is celebrating this because uh, if you remember back when uh, Activision was having all those like um, like sexual misconduct allegations and stuff within their organization, uh, a lot of the reports came out and said basically this dude as the CEO basically knew they were happening and kind of just like, yeah, whatever, turned a blind eye to it um, and just didn't really care what was happening to 
many women inside of his organization. So, uh, and also let's, let's be honest, since he took over, he ran a lot of the Activision titles into the ground. So bad in all mm-hmm. aspects of the job, bad uh, as a CEO and bad as a human. So probably a good person to get out of there. Yep. Um, so good to see him getting out of there. Unfortunately, he's going to walk away extremely rich from this. Despite all the terrible things he did, he's going to walk away extremely rich. So unfortunate in that aspect, but at least he is getting out. Yep. Um, all right. Thoughts on the beta, Brock. Let's talk a little bit about the beta. It's really kind of the last big thing we have to talk about before we wrap it up. But, you know, we were able to watch the beta, not this weekend, but, you know, a week ago we were able to watch it. Um, able to take some things, but watching is always different than playing. Yep. Um, we'll talk about some individual things. We'll go through like a little bit of a list here, but just overall in general thoughts on the beta. Uh, my thoughts on the beta were, you know, enjoyed it. Had the Vanguard movement feel speed wise, you know, more speed, better, more movement, the better for me, at least. Maybe not for the old heads, but, you know, for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would agree with that. And also I would say that like the time to kill felt incredible. Oh yeah. I will say when I, when I started playing that, I just, I was just, you know, my playing, like I was playing NW2 after three bullets, I stopped shooting people. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I mean, back to back games, Vanguard and, uh, you killed extremely fast. Yep. Yeah. I I can get on board with that too. I, I feel like I was, stopping shooting a little bit earlier like not maybe necessarily stop shooting but like i would like be shooting at somebody and like see the second guy that i was going to engage with like turning the corner behind him and like i would kind of focus my eyes on that guy a little bit too quick and start to drag my aim off like a bullet too early and then i would die because of it Mm -hmm. yeah but you know i I personally like the more time to kill oh yeah i the higher the time to kill within reason to me the better i saw some people complaining but Hopefully, just like any other COD, they like never touch the time to kill. I hope they definitely don't lower it because it felt very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple maybe bad things, I guess we can talk about um, before we really talk about a lot of the positives. The visibility. Apparently, I didn't play you know on weekend one, but they said the vis- uh, people that played both said the visibility was improved. Um, and they've already said they're working on more visibility fixes. Apparently, there's a health bar. Um, that could potentially be added into the game before launch. It was maybe supposed to be in this build, but there was like a glitch with it and it wasn't working. Um, so that could be something interesting, kind of like the Black Ops 4 health bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then visibility is supposed to be increased. So I hope that means making one complaint I have is I hope that means making the names above your teammates and enemies a little bit easier to see. Yeah. Because still sometimes like if I got surprised, I would shoot at a teammate if I wasn't looking at my minimap at the time because you could like barely see the name over their head. And also for ranked, if you're playing with like a squad of four, it's nice to be able to like really easily read your teammates name so you know who's where. Yep. And they were very small and pretty tough to read. Yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll have a good fix for that. Should be too hard. And sometimes like from range, people were a little bit hard to see. So hopefully those visibility fixes come through. But really like and obviously the spawns are a little bit rough right now, but we should maybe be seeing those worked on before the game comes out. But overall, those are really my only like big time negatives to talk about. Yeah. I also did like how you can mantle all like, a lot over the stuff where you couldn't before in the, in the old NW2, which is. Yeah. That was, that was fun for me. <laughs> yeah, it certainly makes things very different and the maps don't play the exact same. But like I like you said, I don't I do think it makes it a little bit fun at times because 
Um, it could get a little stale, you know, playing those old maps we have played for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's a little bit of a different element to them while they're still essentially the same map. There is some different elements. It was a little bit weird on high rise though. All the random stuff I could start to mantle that I couldn't before. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the game also just felt like a little more arcadey in a way. Which yeah, which for Call of Duty is good. It's it's good. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds like if you're not like a COD player, that sounds like it could be a, a bad thing. The game being more arcadey, but for Call of Duty players, you want it to feel more arcadey. Yeah, not so the much realism realistic. movement is is not it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, thoughts glad, on like what you said. I'm also glad Slack Cancel is back. Yeah, and like I do think that the delay at the end, I didn't think it was that major. Some people were really complaining about it. I don't think it's that major either because like you don't really have that much of a need, like because you don't like you're not going to get them across the map faster spamming Slack Cancel than you would just running. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the delay is the worst because like how often do you really need to spam a slide cancel? Yeah, you don't really need to like just constantly spam it. It's not really a thing. Yeah. So I had a delay. Yeah. So then some other thoughts on like general stuff that was changed before the weekend. The striker was nerfed uh, before this weekend. I obviously didn't get to try the the pre nerf striker, but it still seemed very good to me. Yeah, it did. It it beamed. Mm-hmm. Of the guns in the beta, obviously, what was only like three SMGs. I'm assuming. When the full yeah. game's out, probably going to be more SMGs in the game. But from the guns in the beta, Striker seemed to be probably what will be the meta SMG, unless obviously a better one comes out in, in the full game. Yep. Same as the MCW. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from what we saw, it sounded like people were saying the Striker was the best gun in the first weekend, but I would say from using both of them a lot, I think the MCW was the better gun this weekend. I think it's the best gun of all the guns that I used in the game, at least. Yeah. It, it felt to me like the bit lag up for Maddox. Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, like the the, uh, the obvious answer is it felt a lot like the ACR because I think it's basically built to be the ACR. But yeah. yeah, I would agree. Like the the fast shooting, the way it was really good up close, the way it had really good mobility, um, like the yeah, the the frequency, how fast it shot, it really, it really did seem a little bit like the Black Ops 4 Maddox. I would agree with that. Yeah. So. It seemed like it was just a do it all good from every range. Yeah, so maybe that could be the flex gun, and maybe the, there's an actual AR. You know, I thought I saw a lot of people talking about like the what was it, the MTZ. It shot really fast and had more mobility than the MCW. Unless I'm thinking of the wrong name. There was an AR though that shot a lot faster and had more mobility than the MCW. People were saying like, oh, maybe that could be like a, a flex type gun. The damage mm-hmm. is good enough. Yeah, because the MCW was very good from range and it really did beam. So that's probably gonna be. At least the AR that like your slower AR um, uses probably both because it, it was very good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, you know, sub flex, actual flex and then an AR. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if the quote unquote flex comes from being a complete flex gun. That's like a faster AR or if it's somebody that has to switch between a sub and an AR constantly. Either one, I want like a true flex, whether it's like the Maddox style where they use a completely separate faster AR or it's the the style of old games where you truly, on some maps, they use a sub, some maps they use an AR, and they switch in the middle of the map. I, w- I want one of those to be true. I don't want it to just be two AR, two sub all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's where yep. players like Gunless and World War II shine when they're able to use both guns more effectively than any other flex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Kenny. True. And Kenny would be very good in that aspect as well. Um, let's see here. Anything else I wanted to discuss on the beta I have down here? Uh, oh, yeah. One more thing. 
Snipers seemed very strong to me. However, I'm not much of a sniper and never really have been. So I didn't really use a sniper unless I found on the ground, maybe picked it up and shot a couple shots with it. But um, they seemed very strong from other people using them. I'm not maybe fully on the nerf them train that a lot of people are on, but like I think it's something that needs to be monitored because they yeah. did seem very, very strong. Yeah, they're pretty strong for the most part, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm not somebody who's really on like the nerf something train uh like super often i kind of like to like let things go until like it's obvious they need to be nerfed mm-hmm. um unless something so obvious it needs to be nerfed right away then sure nerf it but uh i also don't want to like hate on the sniping community and be like nerf everything because snipers you know if you hit your shots they should be really good yeah but also like if aim assist is in the game on snipers and stuff there can be a point where they're a little bit op so something to watch as a lot of people are calling for but uh, not sure what side I sit on yet. I need to see a little bit more of the game. Yep. The one thing I will, will you know, didn't like about the sniper was in the kill feed when you kill someone with it, it looked like an AK. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. There was one sniper that definitely looked like an AK. You could even tell, like, until you saw, like, the silhouette of the gun in the creative class menu, you definitely would have thought somebody would have killed them with, like, yeah, an assault rifle and AK. Yeah, I died of the thing a couple times. I was like, that is died of an AK in, like, one bullet. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I saw something on the timeline. Sorry, I don't know if Clay is like trolling now. I, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I should say I don't know. He is definitely trolling. But after that tweet where he tweeted false to the Dwight gif, he tweeted a picture of Miles Sanders in his Panthers uniform uh, drinking a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. which obviously for any of our EU listeners, if that doesn't mean anything to you, the Panthers are in Carolina They're the Carolina Panthers, obviously. The rumors he's going to the Carolina Royal Ravens, so that uh, checks together. Then there was a tweet um, about rumored rosters from Breaking Point showing Clay uh, on the team, and Marky e. B said, "Can I run flex to Clay sir?" And uh, Clay said, "Only a fortress control is every map this year." <laughs> um, and then uh, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but he uh, posted a picture in uh, his car, uh, and you can see like the song he's listening to is "All My Life" by Lil Durk and j cole who i believe is from one of the carolinas you know he's like a big hornets fan or something yeah i think yeah so i believe j cole is from one of the carolinas so clay seems to be you know maybe that was just a complete coincidence but he seems to be posting a lot of things associated to carolina so maybe that actually is true and maybe he's saying like the rest of the roster uh is a lie mm-hmm. yeah so guess we'll see in the next maybe week or two or even sooner yeah um Two quick things to get into before we wrap it up here. One thing I saw uh, Jacob Hale tweet that said, assuming Treyarch is the GOAT COD developer, how do you rank the rest, Sledgehammer, IW, and Raven? Um, I think for us, Raven's kind of like excluded because they're mostly like a helper on every game. And like they really did a lot on Warzone and you and I don't play Warzone. So we kind of exclude that one regardless. But um, I think if we're talking like more recent body of work, I think both of us would have to agree. Sledgehammer is second place behind Treyarch. I mean, I'm not going to argue Treyarch. It's not a question. Treyarch is the GOAT COD developer. It's not yep. even a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, their consistency from like their early CODs, maybe people didn't like, like people hated COD 3, but like from War World at War through Cold War, they maybe some of their games weren't the absolute best, but I don't really think they had a miss. They didn't make a bad game from World at War on. World at War, Black Ops 1, 2, 3, and 4 in Cold War. Some of them are maybe better than others, but there's not one game I sit there and I'm like, man, that game sucked. All those games were at least good, I would say. Yep. No debate on track being the GOAT. 
God, yeah. developer. You have Sledge ahead of IW. The only, I think the only argument you can make for IW is if you're reaching way back to their old, old, old titles. Like MW2, COD4, MW3. The OG yeah. MW2 and 3. I'll go Sledge. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're... Because once again, like from what we heard, like that whole IW studio that made those OG games is completely gone. Not even the same people work there anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think Sledgehammer's recent body of work, like if you go from ghosts on for iw titles and compare them to sledgehammers i think like aw world war ii vanguard beats out like um ghosts and iw and uh, the, the gross one is mw19 and mw2 are both just awful yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I would i would rank sledge ahead of iw and it's not the best competition neither of them is, is certainly great by any means yep and we're near treyarch Sledge is on top for now over mm-hmm. IW. <laughs> yeah. Last thing, we don't have to uh, touch too much on it because um, neither of us are a big time like Halo analyst or anything, but Optic Halo lost um, in their champs, the, the HCS Worlds. They lost in finals. Uh, they were there from winners, played FaZe. Obviously, a legendary matchup to see Optic and FaZe in, in the World Championship Finals of any eSport, two legendary orgs. Um, Optic had to just win one best of seven. They got up 2-0 in the first series. Um, and then lost four straight to lose four two, and then got swept four zero in the second series. So lost eight straight maps, and the series itself was absolutely incredible. Um, like the the second series had a slayer where Optic like would look like they were gonna lose. They got like three straight kills um, to go up. Then the game like didn't count them as like having a lead as time expired. It counted as tied. So then they had to play like an overtime in the slayer. They ended up losing. And that was really the nail in the coffin for them when it really looked like they should have closed out map two and made it one one in the second series. But absolutely incredible. Uh, I was a little sad because anybody that knows knows that like growing up and like into my more of my intro to COD or my early days of watching COD esports, I loved formal. So I really wanted to see him win his third ring overall. Yep. Only if. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now technically. I don't really consider him as much of a COD alum because he did win a couple like home series in MW19, but he's definitely more um, of a Halo player. I think of Formal still as more of a COD player uh, just because he yep. won so many more championships in COD and, you know, also as a ring in COD where Frosty, obviously everybody thinks of him more as a Halo player. He won a few home series in COD, but I mean, won like 10 plus tournaments and three rings now in Halo. He's obviously more of a Halo player and that dude is incredible. Shout out to that whole face team because I know a lot of you probably don't watch Halo, Brock. You haven't watched a ton of Halo, but I mean, Royal 2, Frosty, and Snakebite all getting their third ring. Getting your third world championship in any game is pretty damn impressive. Yes. Yeah, really is. I mean, Congrats we sit here and we talk about guys boys. like Clay Karma, Krim. I mean, those are our goats, and those three now have three rings. That is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. That is something to think about. So shout out to them. It was an incredible match. If you guys don't watch Halo, um, I mean, and you want to you wanna get into watching it, that final series I mean, there were a couple stinker maps optic got blown out like in map one of that second best of seven but i mean there were some maps in there where it was like that slayer second map in the second best of five when it went to ot and then it got to 49 49 it was just an absolute standoff for like two minutes it was um some of the most tense moments you can have in, in esports in my opinion like it was an incredible series so shout mm-hmm. out to halo for giving us an entertaining weekend sad formal wasn't able to get it but Happy for the other dudes getting their third ring for some of them. Yep. And Renegade getting his first. <coughs> All right. 
that's gonna do it for this one brock unless you've got anything else um nope i did not have anything else to say all right so that's gonna do it for this one if you guys liked it be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe uh, if you're on the audio platforms drop a follow drop a five star review uh we'll come back at you next week with another episode not sure exactly what it's going to be on we have a plan coming up here in a couple weeks uh, that we will discuss you know in a couple weeks when it comes up but um obviously you know we're sitting this friday will be about three weeks until the release of the game and we can get into talking about how some teams are looking in scrims and all that so excited to jump into that but without uh anything else to talk about we will wrap this one up and we will see you guys in the next one thank you guys for watching